track. It's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. Boy, there is a lot to fucking talk about. Rafa Sparza on the line, of course, anchoring this ship towards a north starboard. I don't do nautical terms terribly well. Raf, how are you doing this evening? I'm, I'm okay. I, I for a second was with you, and then I very quickly got lost on where you were heading on that. But you and me both. Uh, let's I don't just agree and say yeah. <laughs> North starboard, whatever. <laughs> let's knock ourselves out. I am coming off a massive hangover drinking night because I turned 28 and I celebrated last night like an adult does on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Raf. Mm-hmm. You've been having a rough week. What's going on with you? You're sick? Um yeah, I I got a little sick, but I've been um powering through it as much as I can. So I've just been you know when you get that mentality where you say, I'm not sick, I'm not getting sick. No. And uh, I, I work in corporate fun. America, so I don't get that mentality. I just go straight to Oh, I've got a chill. I better sit this one out. But the reason oh. I knew you were, well, you were a real... griping about not being able to train, <laughs> that's, I think, no, I understand. What I'm saying, as, as the real backbone of this country with work ethic <laughs> uh, that doesn't like taking seat leave days, I know Hispanic that the, the hard part for me is – what's that? Was that a Hispanic – was that a subtle statement about being proud Hispanic origins or were you just making a man? I wasn't making it that way, but – Thanks for, you know, making it super racist uh, at two minutes into the podcast. I would say, though, that I just was very sad that I I started to realize as you get the little sniffle. And for me, it was like a little bit of the throat drying up. I go, oh, shit, I'm not going to be able to train. (laughs) I would love to not tell people and just start going to jujitsu and just go, yep, deal with it. I'm sick. So that means you're sick, too. Uh, you're a true but bitch. I, I just in the I'm just in the back of my mind I said no if I go there I'm going to want to roll and we actually had a, a promotion day and so it's the day where like everybody comes and yeah. everybody's going to roll and you're just so excited to to get to roll with people and as a precaution I went up to the guys who run our, our gym and I just go I'm sick so I'm telling you this so that I don't try and get anybody else sick. So I'm just going to take it easy. And there's nothing worse than telling everybody you're sick and then just sit and watching everybody else roll. And then you yeah. see other people make mistakes and you go, oh, oh, I could have fixed that. What are we doing over there? Oh, I could have gotten that sweep. Where's your leg? God damn it. And the worst part is I almost started coaching people. And then I realized I'm like, that's also a terrible idea because I could never live with the idea if I coach persons into the wrong thing. And I'm like, you should totally go for that sweep. Oh, shit. You got submitted. That wasn't my fault. <laughs> I did that three times. I, it was just three of us at jiu-jitsu last Saturday at Open Mat. Andrew was at a tournament refing, so it was just three of us. And I realized I was a shitty jiu-jitsu coach. But – Here's why I like this, Raf, and here's this is a compliment to you. You can tell you're someone that's truly addicted to jiu-jitsu because your priorities, like, this was the only thing that upset you about being sick. You weren't like, oh, I'm going to have to deal with some physical ailments. It's going to be a pain in the ass while I'm trying to make yeah. money on the podcast with my voice and sounding a little nasally, mm-hmm. which is not, you know, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just saying. Uh, and your first instinct was, oh, fuck. Broken. It's fine. 
how do I train? <laughs> Which is such a non-normal person response to things. So that's a good thing. How but was uh, let's discuss VMAC. a couple things. If I'm oh, okay. at work, oh, VMAC was great. Yeah, but if I'm at work and I start to feel sick, I don't feel as bad because it's not like I'm trying to choke out any other human being or have a lot of contact with them. So I just yeah, kind of keep my distance. Jiu-jitsu is not like, a sport. You go do that. You can fake it. Yeah. No, jujitsu is like a sport that you start coughing and then you are trying to choke somebody and you sneeze and then it's on their face. So I'd rather not do that to people, but uh, know full well that the entire time I was like sitting there watching it go on. I love that our, our main instructor walks over to me and just sits down and starts shooting the breeze. And he's given this look like, don't you wish you were healthy? And I'm like, oh, just. Yes. No. Fuck, I do. Anger. <laughs> I do. Yep. Jiu-jitsu Just practitioners, mixed shut. martial artists of all types, let us know on Twitter, at VerbalTapCast, if you've ever experienced these situations and how you get over them. You know we're going to get some people that are like, oh, I'd just say fuck it and go train. They can get sick. Bastards. Oh, you want to know the best part is? Stronger. The best part. The best part is sitting there and when everybody was rolling, because like, I, I kind of did the, the warm-ups with everybody. And I just sat out for the rolling, which on on a day like that, they go for like 40 minutes. Um, So I'm sitting there and I'm watching. And while I'm watching, I felt like, oh, my God, you know what? I think I might be healthy enough to do this. I think I'm actually like I don't feel sick right now. And I sat out. I was like, nah, I probably shouldn't. I walked two feet out of that door to go buy some beer for the party. And I was (laughs) (laughs) And I go, oh, no, I don't know who the fuck I thought I was kidding. I was <laughs> definitely sick. Like, I just love that you get that bravery for two seconds. I do. And I think your uh, your teammates certainly appreciate your at least mild attention to detail. So that said, we have a lot to talk about. UFC on Fox 9 was Wednesday or last night. Oh, God, I'm so drunk. I was so drunk. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about who's fighting for the middleweight title and how pissed I am. But first, the biggest news that we have to talk about first, ref, GSP yeah. is he's giving up the belt and taking a leap of absence from the UFC. And for those that might have missed the press conference, we have it here, ref. Oh, do we? Oh, we do. GSP, Dana, the whole gang's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, they, GSP and Dana. Yeah, they should get warmed oh, up. Okay. Because it's uh, it's almost showtime for them. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> so so obviously, they both agree to be on the podcast. Yep. Yeah, I do love it when they both just comply. So obviously, you're gonna have to take a break, and we'll be oh, right yeah. back I'll, with. I'll sit this one comments. out. Yeah. Thanks, Rap. listening to the Verbal Tap Podcast. First of all, thanks. It's the world to us. We love doing the show. And what can you get us? The holidays right around the corner. It's simple. Five-star review on iTunes. You can do it. Or you can send me an exact number of size page. No, that's super five-stars. Okay, everybody, thank you all for coming today to our press conference. Uh, 
we're about to go ahead and start. Uh, thank you again for coming. We hope you have a good time during this press conference. I'm going to hand it over to a PR representative for the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Dana White will be conferencing in from Sacramento and George St. Pierre from Quebec, Canada. We'll get started with some of your questions, but first we'll start with a prepared statement from GSP. Uh, George, are, uh, George, you still there? <laughs> George? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very sorry. Yeah. I was very yeah, it's, uh, uh, confused. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you said the word first twice. Uh, so uh, that was very confusing. You said first we were going to start with questions, then with a uh, You know what? Forget it. Uh, as many of you know, I've been uh, top of the mountain, uh, king of the mountain, uh, top of the billboard charts, but I have many personal problems. Uh, but uh, we are thinking maybe it is time for me to step away. Hi, GSP Ted Brisbane Fact Sports Jesus. First of all, you know, sad slash happy to hear it. Um, but can you maybe tell us what factors you feel from either the press or your personal life? What led you? What led you to this decision? Uh, lots of pressure. Lots of uh, criticism. A lot of people do not know that I eat, drink, and sleep my opponents. I know that sounds very weird, but it is true. Um, and, and it is uh, so much pressure on me. And I have talked with Lorenzo and Dana and Princess Toadstool. And uh, we have decided to, um, to vacate the title. And uh, as of today, I am uh, uh, taking a leave of absence from the UFC. Hey, GSP, fucking say that in French, would you? Uh, okay. Yeah, Dana. Uh, no mercy, David Koo. I'm, I'm sorry, Ted. Can you just be going back to why you're retired? Can you elaborate on what is wrong that's that's forcing you away? Oh, see, you do not understand how much pressure I have on my shoulder. Each fight, it is like I have added another plate uh, to a barbell, and uh, I can no longer squat, uh, squat the weight of this championship. Absolutely. GSP, Craig Landers, GroundPower.com. First of all, thank you for your dedication to the sport, the fans, the people, and everything. But I have to ask, what will you do now with your time? Uh, What will I do now with my time? Well, you know, I am uh, uh, a master of martial arts. I will continue to train and uh, just not fight. Hey, GSP, so you're retiring, but you're, you're training also? Oh, yes, definitely. I am sure I will come back and fight again. For sure. Possibly. Um, and it appears that GSP is now on the line. Oh, is that fucking so? Oh, you better fucking get him back right fucking now. Uh, sorry, Mr. White. I'll, I'll get it on it right now. Thank you. Sorry. Well, I guess I'll settle for Dana. This is Chad. Hi. Can Dana, can I ask you a question? What am I, fucking chop liver? Yeah, go right a fucking head. <laughs> so, what's happening to the title? Yeah, okay, so here's what's gonna fucking happen. It's gonna be Johnny Hendricks versus Robbie Lawler uh, for the welterweight title now. Ooh, what about Carlos Condit? Who? Carlos Condit, the number one contender. I'm literally staring at the UFC website right now. This is Carlos Condit number one. I, next to it is a video of you two together, like... 
Oh, you know, that fucking guy? Yeah, okay, here's the deal. He lost to GSP, then he lost to Hendricks, so it makes sense that we bring in a guy who's ranked lower than him to fight Johnny Hendricks, right? Yes, it does, Dana. Uh, when you put it that way, it's just, thank you. Thank you. Makes sense. Yeah, now you're fucking playing with power, kid. Dana, Craig, how does GSP leave affect you? Um, how does it affect you? Uh, you know, I mean, fucking life goes on. I'm sure I'll miss the fucking pay-per-view buys. But, like, what are... Okay, so after UFC 167, you were pissed at GSP, then he showed up. Is this what that was? Uh, you know, there's a lot of fucking things. How do I say this? Uh, you know, there was some battling going on in, uh, between me and Nevada that day, so really I was taking out my Nevada anger on uh, GSP and all of, you know, fucking you, but... You know. Dude, you're too much... We, hey, Dana, we did a line of coke, and you told me GSP was definitely going to fight again. In fact, you pinky swore, man. My question to you, were you lying to me? Follow up, are you lying to me now? Okay, now when in the history of this sport have I ever fucking lied about anything? Uh, women being in the UFC? Okay, besides that. The uh, the UFC being in New York, November 2013. Uh, no, besides that one, too. Uh, signing Fedor to the UFC. Uh, hey, uh, moderator later, can you have uh, that fucking guy killed? Uh, as you wish, Mr. White. I'm sorry, Dana, Ted, again. What about, let's go back to, what about GSP's contract? Oh, his fucking contract listen whether it's six months or fucking six years george's contract is frozen i'm literally putting it in a fucking freezer right this second oh oh, oh sorry I, i'm still uh here everyone uh sorry everybody my phone tapped out <laughs> gsp still number one in comedy <laughs> maybe i will try that now that i have some time on my hands uh but no for serious everybody i'm very tired hey speaking of gsp kevin verbal tap podcast is it true you are also retiring from your appearances on the mma comedy podcast verbal tap uh uh okay now time for gsp to jump rope uh, thank you all very much for your you time yeah jumping rope right hey, now uh gsp one more. sorry uh, GSP, no more questions for today thank you all gsp uh hashtag has left a building <laughs> okay, bye everybody. I'm gone for serious. Uh, all right, fucking this is uh, the way it's gonna go. I'm gonna wrap fucking things up right now. If I don't see you, have a happy fucking holiday, and uh, hopefully I'll see you at UFC 168. You know, live on uh, December 28th at 7 p.m. only on pay per view. Am I fucking right? Happy fucking holidays. Ho ho ho. Fucking shit and like that. Dana White. I'm fucking out too. Um, are you back on the line? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm good. Yes, I'm back. Okay, good. First of all, I hope you enjoyed your break. But what did you think of the GSP conference call? Let me just say, I think that it is remarkable that we were able to cut that press conference down just to seven minutes. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Because uh, I don't know if you guys really listen to that, but that piece of shit went on for 45 <laughs> minutes. 
And so just if, a quick side. If you made it all the way through, you owe yourself a very special treat. Be you it are food, a diehard fan. Fucking be it a vacation. But holy shit, was that a lot to get through. Raph listened to – did you listen to it live? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. You know, it was really sad. And I'll tell you this. And uh, and it's in confidence of us and our, our listeners, right? Sure. Um, I had a meeting that uh, a person was asking for an informational to speak with me. And they were like, hey, I'd love to hear all about your job and where you work at. And I was like, yeah, of course. And it happened to be right at the very beginning of the, the meeting with George St. Pierre. And this poor girl shows up on time and I'm like, you know, what? I need a, I need a few minutes. Do you mind if you just just wait for a few minutes? I'll be right out. And I had to listen to the first 15 minutes. <laughs> and I felt so bad putting her on hold. But I was like, this is way more important. We don't know what's happening to George St. Pierre. You there know is so is, much sure. to talk about. Well, so Rap gave me the preface that was like, hey, we um, you got to listen to this thing. And he didn't tell me anything else. Thank God you didn't. Because I got to go into it with open ears. I was laying on the couch watching football today. I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the GSP conference. I got to listen to it before the podcast tonight. Let's throw it on. It fucking, first of all, what he is one of the top performers ever. He is a pioneer. He's a legend in this sport. And he is saying that whatever's going on on his shoulders is so important and detrimental that he is literally giving up his title and taking a break and you didn't want to do it live? No. You didn't maybe want to sell a fucking NOS background banner? And it's not even, I'm arguing for the legitimacy of the sport. You have got to do that like a goddamn professional organization. Mm. And they failed. (laughs) It felt like a work conference call. Kevin doesn't get to do a lot of these conference calls. Um, like the pleasure of sitting and on some of these that they do for the UFC. I mean, it's very similar to it, but this was an extra special dose of them not having their shit together because <laughs> it was two seconds into it, they lose the person who we're all there to talk about. And two, my phone tapped out. <laughs> poor GSP. Like, can't even, like, retire with dignity or walk away and take a leave of indefinite uh, absence. But it was so ridiculously hysterical that when he dropped out, then the reporters were like, I, you know, okay, fine. We'll talk with Dana. Whatever. And uh, it was it was a little rough because no one ever it was... puts the crowd at ease like Dana does. Yeah. And the other thing is, I don't think the reporters knew how to coin it. It was... Like, you could call it a retirement because GSP wouldn't let you. But it also wasn't a declarative sentence. At one point, GSP said if he were to give you a date that he would come back, that would create an expectation. So, uh, too bad. Watch me do some more movies like Captain America. So, it was very strange. The one thing I was a little sad about, and we didn't get to talk about this yet, but I really was hoping... That in addition to retiring from mixed martial arts, he would have actually retired from making commercials. Oh, God. That would have been fucking awesome if he had been like, and I'm also not doing that bullshit anymore. Here's what I don't understand also. So they do this over the phone, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's GSP semi-retiring, whatever he's doing. Then Dana ends the conference call. The mm. portion with GSP, which presumably people are going to fucking ask you a few questions about Dana. 
And he immediately is like, here, let me just fucking tell you this. And then he announces that for fighting will be Johnny Hendricks versus Lawler. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, hold on. I want to talk to you about that, obviously. But wait, what did you just say? <laughs> that doesn't make any <laughs> fucking sense. But hold on. I got to ask you about the one of the most popular fighters in history retiring from the game. Yeah. It, it there was no part of this that was normal or just relatively uh i guess mundane everything was a little crazier and if you were to really talk about that i like the idea that when they're talking about this retirement angle and asking what's going on and they're trying to get an answer out of dana um we're still really confused as to why Johnny Hendricks is taking on Robbie Lawler instead of anywhere in that conversation. And this was the part I got really scared about was there was no mention of Carlos Condit in that, that whole section until one reporter did ask about Carlos Condit and Dana shot it down. Oh, I noticed it's got me quite frankly, wrath seething in anger, but we're going to talk about the Condit implications Later, because we're trying to give GSP his just due here. So let me say this. That's fair. To try and uh, sort of end this with as much integrity as I thought the journalist tried to bring to this stupid conference call where you had to hit star one if you wanted to ask a question. (laughs) This is still very what they do, Kevin. I I hate to break it to you. I feel like I'm, I'm ruining so many illusions for you here. Not GSP. When I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a few people that do not. It's not the same sentence, but when athletes, when notable athletes take a break from a game, there is a fucking press conference, and GSP yeah. is about as notable as it gets when it comes to these types of retire. I hell, I fucking feel like Tito Ortiz had an actual press conference when he retired. It, either way. When it's GSP, when it's your highest grocer, when you could easily sell money for people to watch this 45-minute piece of shit, you need to do it live. Mm. That's what GSP gets. He gets a room somewhere, and you guys do this shit live. They can't even get a webcast. They can't even get a webcast. I'm going to say my favorite GSP memory, and I'm going to give you time to load yours up. Oh, My it. favorite GSP memory actually comes in uh, – I just thought it was a really cool moment for uh, him and the fight world when he avenged the Matt Sarah victory. I'm sorry, not the Matt Sarah, Matt Hughes. And what he said was – he was like, the first time I was just so humbled. I was fighting Matt Hughes. I was fighting my idol. The second time I I was snapped into focus and beat his ass. So that was – that's my favorite GSP, the second Matt Hughes fight. Mm. That's a pretty good one. Yours is better. I knew you. It you was. said it with. Don't worry. We all understood what you said with your fucking tone, <laughs> Raph. I'm sorry. This was not on any show rundown. There was not. Hey, we both pick our favorite GSP moments. No, but it also it on me. And then the fact I didn't that say I shame ready. anyone while we were doing it either. I'm just letting you know that I have a better one. That's all. Okay. For it being sprung on me. For it being sprung on you, you have a better one. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, let's talk about him basically uh, challenging Matt Hughes for that fight. Mm-hmm. When he walked in and was trying to sell the fight and blindsides Matt Hughes by telling him he is not impressed with the caliber of his performance. I 
fell out of my chair because that was GSP thinking, oh, I'm just, you know, promoting the fight. I'm just pushing <laughs> it along. And Matt Hughes got the worst hurt anybody has ever seen, not having anything to do with an actual fight starting in that moment. And later told him behind the scenes, it was like, hey, man, I think you really went too far. And GSP was just telling him, he's like, I thought we were just promoting the fight. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so from that moment on, I became a GSP fan. And uh, I mean, that's just separate from all the great fights that he's given us. And I think people forget that he was that dominant guy who you were excited to watch finish fights for a time. For a very and- long time. Actually. Yeah, and the fact that he was there for seven years, it's very easy to overlook the more common joke of, yeah, he didn't finish fights towards the end, but I, he still was never bad. Like, that's never. that's a fascinating thing to really grasp, is that maybe his style became predictable in that he didn't finish people, but that nobody could figure that out. And no one's been more <coughs> critical of his lack of excitement than I have, I think. It's been pretty publicly clear, but that didn't even occur to me. You know, like it was just the moment I heard he was, he wasn't going to be fighting was like, oh, well, well, fuck that sucks. Yeah. Like, it's hard to think of a UFC world. It's hard to think of an MMA world where GSP isn't a, it isn't holding a belt or fighting for it. He has been like most of my fight interest. So, yeah, and uh, I agree. I think, I think he will be back. I really, I get this feeling he's not quite done. And I have, and I think it's been a long like... time since he was really free of anything and how he mentions he gets obsessed about things. I think sure. it's a matter of time before it kicks back in. <clears throat> you're saying the other way. I like that. Yeah, you're probably right. And I think it's, uh, you know, I think he'll definitely be back on verbal tap. So look forward to that fans. We are going to take a quick break and you know, Hey, don't forget to check out BJJ finder. Or the app on iTunes. BJJ Finder, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu School located. I'm just explaining to Raf that my life is like an open book, which means it's time to come back and talk more <laughs> fights UFC on Box 9. Raf, tell us all about this. Was it. I, You know, I call it. I have a knack. I said this fight would be five rounds. Of Did no you? one finishing oh, okay. the fight. Oh. I think and... you're talking about the uh, the main event, uh, Demetrius Johnson versus Joseph Benavides, right? Yes, I am. Okay. What would you say if I were to tell you it ended in the first round, two minutes, eight seconds? I would say that that doesn't even remotely sound possible. <laughs> yeah. I do actually remember watching The Hook and thinking, <laughs> oh, fuck. Called that. Of course he knocked him out, that little son of a bitch. Now, were you most mad at yourself or at me for knowing that I would take such glee in how wrong you were? I think I don't. it doesn't have to be one without the other. I think it was a perfect okay. combination. I was pretty sure it was going to come up, though. Um, I will say, Ref, I have to admit, I don't remember the particulars of most of the fights. How many shots do you think people bought for you yesterday night? I can answer it exactly when I started to not. So I six was the number where in which I have trouble counting past. I'm told it was in the proximity of eight to twelve. 
to be fair, even when you're sober, it is difficult for you to get past six. That is your hardest number. It's <laughs> that's a uh... oh fuck you. That was sorry. That was funny. It caught me off guard. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> whenever you can subtly jab my math skills and really give me a little Benavidez, it feels good. Mm-hmm. So Demetrius Johnson says he was practicing for that punch since his last fight with Benavidez. Is this the evolution of the game we're seeing right in front of us where, you know, you, you're going to see guys really fixate on one move that will uh, will get them a win? I hope so, especially if it's a knockout like that and they're these little bitty guys. I mean, the the best part about this fight is Demetrius Johnson is a good fighter. He's very athletic. I think he's smart. Um and Joseph Benavides is a great foil for him. And I thought that this would be a great fight that we'd see go a little bit longer. But his speed and just catching him on the right side, it was it was really cool to watch him because he almost backs up. Like he sees a rush coming at him and knew exactly the right pocket to sit in to, to get this. And uh, I was just – I watched in amazement because you almost didn't believe it was true. You just go, oh, oh, no, he's super out. Shit. And was there any chance – because um, is there any chance Benavitez was coming back from that? I mean, what did you think about the follow-up? Was it a quick one, two, three no. pat? Like, did Demetrius put, the, put like, the rail on? Um, well, it's funny you ask that because Big John, uh, yeah, I guess maybe he's getting up there in age or I don't know what's happening. But when you've got these two guys who essentially have the speed of flight – uh, Demetrius Johnson got about seven or eight hits before Big John could really step in there and break up the fight. And one of my friends was like, what a dick. I can't believe he got in all those shots. And I was like, well, you're one of those people who make fun of those little guys. So to you, seven or eight of nine of those shots would be like a real human's one. And he <laughs> laughed and I was like, well, there you go. Um, but But honestly, it did look a little awkward. And Benavides was actually out for the commercial break when they broke, and then he was okay again. So it was it was good to see him up and around, but it was it was a knockout. It'll be interesting to see what's next for Demetrius Johnson, and uh, no one really seems to know. I uh, think I don't know. I think he's go ahead. I think he should just fight. So let's just Benson Henderson. Let's just make a super fight. Why not? They were talking about the super fight between him and Jose Aldo. Oh, well, that one I care less about. I think Jose Aldo would destroy him. <laughs> well, that's I'm just being bitter. That's such a better idea than him versus Benson Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad uh, because I didn't think of it first. Yeah. You think you think Jose uh, Aldo? Oh, hold on. Oh, no, 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 no. I know why now. Pettis has a date with Jose Aldo, and I would much rather see that fight. Oh, okay. Did you just figure out you're out? I, I don't care. I would see any of those fights. Agreed. Um, because I think it'd be a great test for Demetrius, and I think it'd be allowed uh, for him to really show what kind of champion he is in that situation. I screamed out loud at the bar, Michael McDonald needs to work on his jiu-jitsu. And people oh looked at me terrified. Would you like to explain <laughs> to the listeners and me what I... happened? <laughs> okay. I would like to explain that Kevin loves to get on his high horse about jiu-jitsu at any given time. And especially when we're talking about professional fighters, which is always hysterical to listen to Kevin do. But um, first of all, I think we know that I love Michael McDonald, if only by name. 
why do you love Michael McDonald? Because so they wanna be something. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, uh, that's now I remember. Yeah, now I know. It's from the Dewey. Um, so I always get a big kick out of it. But in the prepackage, he said that Uriah is getting a little old. He's like thirty-five or something, and complained maybe it's time for the old guard to be, you know, kind of put to sleep metaphorically. Ouch. And Uriah Faber went out there and showed no parts of being that old, uh, either in his stand-up. I mean, he's he's getting so much better at at certain things, and Uriah is. His jiu-jitsu. When he saw that guillotine transition happening, that was his Christmas present. That was Happy Christmas for you, Ryan Mm -hmm. Faber. And it also looks like from the fight statistics, Faber was killing him with the strikes. Like, this was a clearly strike. Okay. This is an interesting win for for Faber. It really is. Yeah. And, And there was no point where you thought, oh, Faber doesn't have this in his corner. Like, it wasn't. Nothing was really preventing him from having things going his way. He was just in a great place. And like I said, when you get a submission that you pull off routinely and that's something that you're known for in your training camp, it's just it looks like the best thing in the world uh, for him to just go. Yep, here it is. Oh, is this a guillotine? Yeah, I'm going to transition and roll just to make it look even cooler. Yep, I'm amazing. And he won submission of the night for those honors, by the way, which is uh, well, bad. He was the only submission. Sure, <laughs> I know he was the, which is always screw it. It's fifty thousand dollars in his pocket. I'll um, I I was thinking about this as I saw that they give out fifty thousand for all of like the the fight of the night knockout mm. and submission. From a jujitsu perspective, I appreciate that they put submission attempt equal. To knock out, and I just wish the judges would do the same. Congratulations day, to the California kid, Uriah Faber. I love seeing his resurgence. It's really fun to see him yeah. just uh, still looking the way he does. Chad yep. Mendez defeats Nick Lentz via decision. And in the post-fight conference, Chad Mendez seemed like physically upset with himself. Why was he so down on himself? Uh, he said that he was sick, and this is the best part about oh, listening to fight commentary. Yeah, uh, Joe Rogan doesn't waste any time. He's just like, "There's something not right with him tonight. I don't know what it is, but it, this isn't what we've seen." And he just basically got a takedown and wasn't looking to punch the guy. It, it looked like a very classic wrestler takedown with no uh, follow through. So it was a very awkward thing to see this guy who you're used to. If he gets on top of you, at least working to finish the fight, even if he he's not. Yeah, And everybody was talking about how, oh, shit, what's wrong with this guy? And uh, two seconds after the fight, they get Ariel Hawani on the line. And he's like, I talked with him afterwards, and he said he was sick. (laughs) And then it made me think, if you're Nick Lentz, double bonus lose. Because not only did you fight a guy and lose, but now you might be sick. (laughs) To really bring this podcast full circle. And uh, what a great moment for this guy to just be rolling and going, I'm sorry, he had what? The flu? Are you fucking kidding Uh, me right now? (laughs) But they they defined it as he's had some sort of weird, uh, Mendes has had some sort of weird bronchitis or weird phlegm. And I think he was even off of antibiotics because he didn't want an excuse to get out of the fight. 
So imagine getting ready for your fight week, being ridiculously, grossly ill. And even the things that are supposed to make you feel better, just because they're going to mess with your fight week, you don't take them. Insane! (laughs) And let me ask you this, Raph, because this is also my way of both interjecting some NBA into this podcast and asking you the tough questions. Michael Jordan's shoes that he wore for his flu game Game six of the playoffs sold for 130000 How much do you think Chad Mendez's shorts he was wearing during this flu match where he wins by decision over Nick Lentz was sell for? I'm not respecting any part of this or dignifying that with an answer. <laughs> I'm going to wait for an actual moment when fight shorts is an important part of a conversation. So let's move oh. to the next fight saddest moment uh win and i you know how oh fucking mac danzig you vegan artist gentleman i it's my (laughs) fault mac as much as it is anyone's whenever mac is fighting whichever way i choose it will go the opposite sadly i once again lose out on a mac danzig call because he loses to Joe Lazan via decision, and it looks like this came down to a decision of control. Mm-hmm. That's all I got, and it also has Lazan has a few submission attempts. I did not see this fight. There was a mariachi band wishing me uh, Feliz Cumpleaños. Oh my god! It w- it does explain the giant uh, sombrero. Sombrero. That Kevin yeah. On one of his Facebook photos. And Kevin has this look on his face that, like, he's pointing at somebody and giving a thumbs up. So you could already tell without knowing where he's at on how many drink count that he's having a great night. I um, don't meanwhile, drink that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. For those of us who were watching the fights and being good journalists, uh, I was watching it. And I was excited for this fight for a lot of reasons. One, two people who are good at jiu-jitsu always always something to good that's for us that we like to watch mm-hmm. and i just i personally like both Joel Lozon and Matt Danzing i think they're both kind of an off center kind of fighter like Joel Lozon looks like the biggest nerd but you can never call him that because he would destroy you in every way possible and Matt Danzing is just he's this like you mentioned he's a vegan who when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, was just like, "Hey, I don't want any drama. I hope we don't have any drama because like drama's stupid." Also, I'm a vegan and I take photos, whatever. And I don't know, like there was something that was exciting about this fight. And within the first minute, you have these two high caliber jujitsu people going for submissions, and more importantly, you have Joe Lazan almost securing an armbar. And in the post press conference, saying he heard uh, Mac Danzing's arms start to pop. And I got to a point where it it made me nervous to watch this fight because even in that first round, when I saw that arm bar, it looked like if it were on me or you, like Dunsville 3000, like (laughs) negative tap, just negative tap. You've won before you've walked in the cage. And he, I mean, Mac dancing found a way out of it transitioned very well, but it looked like, no, something's not right here. That looks like he's hurting a lot, but he made it out of it and kind of weathered the storm and Joe Lazan just put a hurt on him and was looking to finish the fight continuously. And this is kind of a a weird uh, statistic, I guess, for the record books, but this is the first fight that Joe Lazan didn't fight to a finish. 
in terms of like he didn't actually I mean, put out. He's somebody. still young, right? But he's mad that it was one of his first wins that he's had uh, without finishing a fighter, and and I, I think you want to look at him and say mad. like you're you're due, but we get it, dude. We, you know. <laughs> It's fine. Like you're gonna come back, and I'm sure you're gonna submit somebody else uh, who maybe would have tapped to a, an armbar like that. But props to these guys. Um, it wasn't what I would say classically the most exciting and entertaining fight, but for people like us, it was like, oh shit, <laughs> jujitsu with punching. Yep. This is the best. <laughs> now, yep. fight of the night goes to Castillo and Barbosa. Yeah. Do you agree with this? Oh, definitely. This was a crazy fight. You have uh, Barboza, who had these ridiculous kicks uh, against Danny Castillo, who's pushing up the action, just really pressing this action. And Danny Castillo was really, at, at certain points, putting the hurt on Barboza. And both of these fighters looked like they could have finished the fight at any given time, but uh, were just tough as shit. And it, I thought, it made for a really good fight. It was going to be hard to top that. It well, it proved it would be very difficult to top it. Court McGee loses to Brendan Le- Ryan LaFlair. Yes. Ryan LaFlair. <laughs> um, we also have Bobby Green defeating Pat mm-hmm. Healy. Scott Jorgensen loses to Zach Mavkovsky in the hardest name to name to pronounce fight, I think. And on most of these, it's it's very much the... Uh, Barbosa is kind of a coin toss, but a, a lot of the underdogs uh, really shining through. Like Jorgensen, you would have put probably some more money on, and a lot of I think most people would have had Court McGee. Definitely a lot of decisions. Uh, that's an understatement. Um, but <laughs> let's talk about your your shorts question. You had a, a question about shorts that had nothing to do with the fights we were talking about. Um, oh yeah, but there was one fight. Free shorts that it did actually come into effect. You know what fight that was? No. Scott Jordan. Sam Stout versus Cody McKenzie. McKenzie. <laughs> did you hear any part of this? Do you like were you sober enough to understand what this was? No. Okay. Let me explain to you the hilarity of this fight. Driving to the So yes, this goes to this decision. Fight, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Um there's nothing you probably saw live. But it's something that in the post-press conference, they definitely made a harp on. But if you were able to eagle-eye spot this during the show, give yourselves kudos. Because Cody McKenzie came to the ring in these weird basketball-esque shorts that had pockets in them. And they didn't have their tag cut off of them. (laughs) They were still fresh off the rack. Yes. Now imagine, apparently he didn't have the proper shorts and a mouth guard. So he didn't have one. So somebody had to run to like a a target, let's just say, come back, give him those, forgot to take off the tag. Dana White, post-press conference, furious, talking about how embarrassed he was about it. And to be honest, when I saw it, it's one of those moments that you look at and you say, am I seeing this? I guess it was bound to happen. Was it? I guess like, some is this a, it. Yeah. Is this forgivable? I feel like this is one of those things. It's like, how fucking hard is it to bring shorts that pass whatever their equipment standards are? 
I guess, man. But on the good side, at least you could go get a pickup game afterwards uh, at a local <laughs> park of basketball. No reason he so. can't still get a workout in. That's pro con. Pro con. Pro con. Um, our final fight: Abe Trujillo versus Roger Bowling. And I swear to God, these two have fought like six times. They fought one other time. Oh, okay. Do you remember why? What happened? I don't, but I... I oh, Abe Trujillo threw the uh, knees. The illegal hey, knees. Hey, Kevin's memory had a breakthrough. <laughs> Suck it, hangover. Yeah. <laughs> Blow me! <laughs> I, I don't know that in your first moment of showing Clarity. that you're a smart human being on this podcast... You really want to follow it up with suck it and blow me. But <laughs> blow me. I don't know. Yeah, I tried to be. Uh, Abel Trujillo just was destructive, vicious, angry. Uh, Roger Bowling looked within two seconds of this fight like he was backpedaling and in a way that he wasn't even in the same class that night, unfortunately. Like, I think Roger Bowling's a good fighter, but Abel Trujillo turned it up uh, several notches on this fight. And and when you watch this fight, Kevin, just compare it between the Abel Trio we saw yesterday from the one that we saw a few months ago. And yeah. it even capitalized the whole and like put an exclamation mark on this whole fight. He was throwing very vicious legal knees. Hey, good. He found ways to just jump and knee someone in the face. He found somebody, even at the end of the fight, Roger was kind of pressed up against the cage, hits a low legal D, and then just starts clocking him. And uh, so cool to watch. And that's the end of the fight. Um, there was an online pre- prelim. Oh, God, this might be a harder name. Darren Uyanoyama versus mm-hmm. Alp Tekken Ozkalich. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, that one that one wins. Hardest name. Uh Oskalik wins via decision. Great. You always want those fights yeah. to, to go the distance. Yeah. So overall not a bad card, though severely lacking its main event, which was supposed to be In... Carlos Conda versus Matt Brown. And it it was a co main event, but it was what it was felt in its presence that Carlos was not there. There were at least three times during the night where I said, man, it would have been cool. But there were a ton of fights that were supposed to have been on this card. We yeah. were supposed to see uh, Kelvin Gastelum take on Court McGee. That would have been we were an awesome fight. Ian McCall versus Scott Jorgensen and Jamie Varner versus Pat Healy. Uh, there were a lot of fights that we were supposed to see happen, but it's weird that the underdogs like – uh, people who came in to take these fights at the last minute, like Bobby Green, Zach Bukowski, uh, LaFleur, uh, all came in and ended up winning. Uh, even uh, Alpt came. That's, it's just insane. So you know, it was kind of weird. I did talk I guess... about the fun momentum of having new people add to the card late. Um, okay. I guess you did kind of mention that. Thanks, Raph. That's Raph saying, I'll yeah, give you that much. Sure. Any final uh, notes we'll... on this card? Yeah, I mean, I'll give it to you mostly because it's your birthday, and I figure we'll we'll let you fill that one out. But, yeah, um, good card, good for Fox. 
the ratings were so-so. I think they'll end up going up a little bit more in the finals. But I think it's always good when we get some of these exposure kind of moments, especially for that new talent that you're talking about. We're excited to see how some of them go. And a big, big night for your two big performers in Demetrius Johnson and Uriah Faber who delivered. And that's really what you needed to make that work last night. I do have to ask you, and we'll do this quickly, but I'm okay. staring at the UFC.com backslash rankings. Sure. And I'm particularly looking at the welterweight division, and we're going to do this in two minutes yeah. or less so I don't lose it. <coughs> okay. uh, I see Johnny Hendricks is labeled zero here, which is very – that makes a lot of sense. That's super helpful. I would love to tell um, people I'm ranked zero on the international <laughs> fight rankings. I, what the fuck does zero mean? Don't – anyway. Uh, and they also took off champion. You know, you yes. could put champion George St. Pierre and then leave it intact and we'll just assume that when – anyway. Nice work, <laughs> web design team over at com. How is Carlos Condit, who's ranked number one to Johnny Hendricks zero with a total ranking of one mm-hmm. between the two of them? not fighting for the title. Raph, do you have any defense of the UFC or is this just another smack in the face and a long line of groin shots to Carlos Condit? Um, I'll give you two answers. I'll give you my answer first and then I'll give you my girlfriend's answer second. Okay? Perfect. My answer first is I just knew it was going to hurt you. I didn't <laughs> want to have to tell you that Carlos Condit wasn't going to get a fight. I tried to think of it logically from the standpoint of how is the best way to break this to Kevin? It's like telling your kid Santa Claus isn't real. Just in time for the holidays. Yep. So it was it took a little while. But the second reaction from my girlfriend was really good where I go. Yeah, it's just really strange that Nick Diaz turned down this fight behind the scenes of UFC on Fox 9 and told Dana he wanted to fight the winner of Hendricks versus Lawler. And you think about it and you go, how does he at all deserve that fight? And why isn't Carlos Condit mentioned? And my girlfriend goes, oh, that's easy because Dana wants to prolong this. So basically he figures let them fight and then you've got a case for Carlos Condit fighting whoever. He doesn't want to tie this all up in one fight. He wants to keep this going. Uh, well, it was a slap in the face to the fight world. That's all it was. It was a violent overlook of what should happen when this type of... And this is why the UFC just takes a step fucking back. Two in one week. Two in the same goddamn phone presser. You don't let your giants take leaves of absences without a press crew there to watch it and follow it. Because no way ESPN or these other places are going to pick it up. Um, And you also don't have an interim champion with the first and third ranked teams. It's like, hey... Uh, We know that you two teams were the best two in college, but we're actually going to go with first and third for the BCS title. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but then again, fuck you. Thanks, Dana. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Very helpful. I think you that brings up two good points, though. Yeah. Uh, One, that uh, primetime, the special that you get to obsess over, Carlos Condit all the time. Yeah. It's going on hiatus, so... Oh, just thanks, UFC. This is going to be the best holiday season yet. It was my birthday. (laughs) That, I guess, was one present. And now primetime, which I've boasted about for years as being one of the best things that the UFC does. They're suspending it. 
Yeah, they said there's not enough ratings, uh, <sighs> and it costs a lot to do. How does it cost fair, a lot to do? The cameras are expensive, and that primetime oh, real estate is also expensive to put on, fuck. too. But second, um, it's what happens when you go on a building sports network. People don't tune into that sort of stuff. It's supposed to be a building cost. So I'm sure it's one of the things that cut corners. And I'm sure if you ask the fighters like Carlos Condit was talking about and some others that we've talked to, it's just kind of a pain in the ass to have to have that when you have a fight week. Oh, come on. The fighters have to say that. You know they love having the cameras there. It's so I'm not cool. so sure I would. Well... Oh, yeah, I know how much you hate attention. Look, (laughs) this is a travesty, and they're going to miss these, and they'll bring them back because people are going to go irate. Calling it now. Bold predictions with Kevin Phillips. Over under that shit, there is definitely going to be a resurgence of the primetime. Let's hope so, because it is a fun thing to watch. It, it's not like they do it for every fight. They just did it for the big ones. Come on. Yeah. D-bags. At least send somebody with an iPhone to go do a little bit of training. Like, open up a vlog. Who cares? <laughs> Let Matt Sarah go <laughs> eat his way back around the country. Killing me this week, <laughs> UFC. And to really throw the third finger in and just make this a painful adventure, UFC 168, they raised the price. Five dollars. You seem to think this is significant. I kind of just think, yeah, that makes sense. It's a stacked card. State your case. Well, I would rather state my case not in the same conversation where Carlos Condit's fight doesn't get taken off the card because you have a point that that's incredibly possible. But it is Rousey versus Tate, which is the greatest rivalry in sports. And it is... It's Silva, and it's Silva doing something Silva hasn't done in a fucking decade, which is come back into a fight trying to get his belt. Like, we haven't seen Silva hungry since he knocked out Lieben. Um, I can understand wanting to raise $5 on such an unbelievable card. Here's my argument. Go for it. You're talking about a $5 increase. For UFC 168, now $5 are going to increase for every single pay-per-view, which is, you know, we've had a couple of those where they've inched up every so often from like 34 to 40 to 45. Now this is just a $5 increase for this one card. Do you know what the worst problem about this is? What? They're trying to charge us five extra dollars for all of those fucking promos we've had to watch about the drama between Rhonda and Misha, in my book, they owe me $5 off this fucking card. <laughs> I don't know if they'll see it the same way, but you're making sense. I don't give sense. a shit if they see it I'll that tell way. you that. You're underneath a hot burner, and it's it's doing its job. Is that I get it. Anderson Silva, one of the best people of all time. He is amazing. I get Says it. You wizard could across that. his dick Maybe. on his UFC profile. Maybe they're afraid that they're not going to get any new people watching for a while. Maybe they've got to meet end quarter sales. I don't know what the fuck it is, but there's something weird about having a consistent price point that now we know they're not afraid to modify, which becomes a little more testy when you've got over 50 pay-per-views and events that are happening within the coming year and the UFC talking about kind of a Netflix network slash uh 
web channel that they're going to start launching because we may start losing the rights to watching live on free TV uh, fights that happen like Rio or China. So this is this is an alarming moment for I think all fight fans for when they say, oh, we're just going to do it for this one. That, my friend, is bullshit. And that's the kind of thing where I'm getting uneasy about where I say, I don't know. You you let it happen once, and then all of a sudden, things break bad. Things. Raph, do you think Congress should investigate? Do you think this is on par with steroids and baseball? You I, you know, I would tune up, sir. On this one. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, you know, Here now, words. if we from Verbal we Tap MMA moment. Comedy Podcast, Raph Esparza with his thoughts. That's Congress yes, calling you. you. I think you would know that I would make the most out of my time in Congress, too, with that sort of thing. I would gerrymander and rabble rouse for day's end. But I think <laughs> the hardest part for us is it's it's a weird precedent to start. So I'm a little weary about it. But yes, for this one time, let's see what happens. But I'd like to revisit this conversation in a year. And hopefully nothing has changed and we only have to put up with this just this once. But I'm not so sure yet. Interesting. Bold predictions with Rafa Sparza. It sounds like he thinks the UFC is coming for your wallet and your social security. So look out, world. $5 more on the next fight. No, you actually did make some pretty compelling arguments that scared the shit out of me. So that's helpful. Thank you very much, Raf. And I'm interested to see how the UFC turns. I will also mention Josh Barnett is on that card. Um, and we get to see our friend from last week's podcast, Chris Lieben. Speaking of last week's podcast, if you enjoyed it, head on over to iTunes. And don't forget to leave us a little ranking. Make sure you read the write-ups the Raf's doing over at VerbalTapCast.com because they're really pretty spectacular. You, some, uh, you do a good job painting a picture, opinion-wise, um, of good. your various... It's not necessarily what happened, but it's an interesting picture of how you remember that you think it happened. That's so, so that's weird, especially in a column that's called Raph's Recollection, that it would <laughs> basically reflect my recollection of said podcast. That's really weird. Well, you've already admitted you're into rabble-rousing, so this must just be another example On of behalf it. of the good of the people... I'm trying to save us some money, Kevin. The economy is Nailing just barely it. coming back. We need to get our shit together. <laughs> the debt and healthcare and other issues yeah. that cause problems for Americans. Time order Global cable. warming, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Pile it on. People drinking too much on their 28th birthday. It's a fucking epidemic. Kids can't eat, Kevin. We'll be right back with some... Final thoughts. As we come back, quick surprise, Verbal Tapcast fans. Some of you might know this because Dana White said it with a lot of expletives. He offered a fight between Nick Diaz and Carlos Condit, and Nick Diaz turned it down. Here to comment the one, the only Nick. Diaz, Nick, would you like to explain why you Nick, Nick, what is that? Come on, you can wait to spark up until after that. Could you focus, please, Nick? No, no. 
No. <laughs> I am trying to I am trying to focus on something, but you're not letting me do that. All right, why don't you want to fight Carlos Condit? Because he's a bitch. Perfect. Thanks, Nick, for calling in. We'll be sure to get back with you. That was Nick Diaz. Smoke weed every day, okay? What a surprise that was from Nick Diaz. Raph, this has been a fun podcast. We got to recreate one of the worst atrocities the UFC has done publicly, which was the GSP retirement. I don't um, think was we, it we a retirement? Recreate it. We just cut it down. Oh, I'm sorry. Never. Yeah, we condensed it to a manageable volume. If you're asking me, I'd rather listen to our version. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I would too. In fact, that's, I think, why we did it. Hope I hope that's what people feel too. It's I gonna like get the released the one as the who real tweets version. Us and goes, you know what? I'd rather listen to the real fucking thing. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Hey, tweet us at verbaltapcast. <laughs> you saved me thirty-eight minutes of my life that my roommate won't stop screaming about. <laughs> oh gosh, it's been a fun one, and it's time for well, some people's favorite part of the show. Shout outs. Mr. Esparza, would you like to start the shout outs this evening? I would. Let's start first and foremost with Valley Martial Arts Center. V. 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 Mac. Uh, such a great night the other night. We had our promotion and uh, everybody get together and party night. And we had a new blue belt in our midst. So congratulations to AJ. Uh, one of the, the coolest guys that we have there. So nice. Always there with a smile on his face. So all of us were just so happy for him. So congratulations, my man. Uh, I do love the idea that he got that look in his face where he's all like super happy. And our instructor is just starting to get uh, more and more blue belts uh, since we're kind of a newer school. And so our instructor has that look where he's just so proud of him. <laughs> and he's Aww. just like... You come here and get this. And then AJ is just like, yeah, dude. And then he like walks over and it maybe took them about five minutes to untie his belt, which makes it more comical <laughs> to someone like me because I'm trying not to to do any jokes. Like I always like when a real moment's happening, I have to continuously tell my brain, don't make any jokes. Don't do anything. Just shut up. Don't be Just that person. Uh, but AJ is also one of the first people to, like, in a given moment, like, <laughs> make a joke or something. So it was a really cool festive moment for all of us. And uh, super stoked to see that happen. So good job, everybody, at Valley Martial Arts Center. Vivek! Raph, you're a genius sometimes in this next bit. You are a genius for creating. We're going to need one minute on the clock because we're going to do a ton of... Of random, well, Raph's going to do a ton of random Twitter thank yous. Yep. Are you uh, ready, so sir? We, I think so. Do we have a minute on the clock? Yes. One official minute is on the clock. Okay. We don't get the chance to say thank you guys uh, enough, but a lot of you interact with us throughout the week, and we're always so excited when you guys talk to us. We try to respond to everybody, and uh, we hope you like it. So we just want to take this moment to just start shouting out as many people as we can. In one minute's time, Kevin, I think I'm ready. Let's let's knock this out. In three, two, one, da da ding.
All right, Chicago Sports Mockery, always funny to us, always tweeting out some of the best jokes. Five Grappling, a great organization. Look it up if you haven't on. Uh, Word on the Street, another rival podcast. They're okay, not as good as us. Uh, let's go ahead and go to ATH. They're always really funny. S-O-H-E-I, this is Soe Gear. They're so funny. Love them. Lisa Marie, always one of our favorites. Team Tate, who is actually helping us to get uh, uh, try and get Misha on the podcast. We're not going to get her on, unfortunately, but we want to thank you for all of your help doing it. Uh, WMMA UK, I can't believe people actually actually listen to us over there uh tiffany ralston james co by the way happy kid uh, i don't know if you say things but happy kid is what i just said it's almost like happy birthday but that jay brett uh sure. 75 bjj training journal uh, results will vary john evans actually retweeted us he better be retweeting us edwin uh, jimmy uh he's very very good uh blue belt competing dude's amazing please look out for his stuff Ma- mr miller uh, Mark Mantoya, Ian Kento, uh, more and more people are so, so funny to us. Jiu-Jitsu Journal, let's go on over. BJJRants.com, super funny stuff. We're going to try and get them on the podcast very soon. Jessica V, uh, uh, other people, Don Moore, uh, Jordan Pitsman, Misty Elgo, Liz Medicine, Shred, Tanner Brooker up, Chris Lieben, awesome, Armando Hernandez, Lanky Fight Gear, Powley, Five seconds uh, left. Rickley, uh, Kenny Bell, and Tommy Santos, Deceptic Dom, and Time. It was close to a minute. It was a wrath minute. It was a tough review minute. 59 seconds, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'll tack on a thank you to BJJ and MMA Training Academy for the uh, therapy through my holiday times yeah. at work and uh, the guys over at No Concept. That's going to do us for... That's going to do... Oh, my it's fucking God, Raph. I'm so hungover. That's going to do it for us. Thanks, man. That's going to do it for us over here at Verbal Tap Cast. Head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Say something nice about the podcast and like others that are helpful. Find us on Twitter doing this banter and more at Verbal Tap Cast. Head on over to VerbalTapCast.com for all the latest on what's going on with us. That's gonna be it for the show. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and uh, good fight. And don't be scared, homies. You're just a fucking bitch, Carl's Condit. Oh, next. You make me feel better about doing the show hungover, buddy. Hey, you make me feel better about being an asshole who can't get hungover and keep his shit together. (laughs) Such a